Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all, it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard <laughs> has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started Curious Black, what's up? It's Jason uh, here. How long gone podcast? Oh, you already know what the fuck is going on. What up? Oh man, just having a little sinking spell before I called you. I had to shut my eyes for a few minutes. One of your spells? Well, Jason, when you are putting in the kind of work that I am on a daily basis on your body, it's tough not to give it the rest it needs and are you, deserves. Are you feeling sore right now? Or is it just uh, general fatigue, your mobility? What's going on? I would say a little more general fatigue. Um, yesterday, I had a very tough session with the trainer where I learned to um, go upside down on the gymnastics rings, um, mm-hmm. which uh, is very difficult if a man of my stature. And luckily, my uh, trainer was there to help me. You do that um, all by yourself or you have a friend? Well, he's a paid friend. Um <laughs> So I guess it's, I guess, I mean, most of my friends are paid friends at this point, I guess. Mm-hmm, so That's right. You know, I would consider you more of a colleague than a friend. It ain't, it ain't tricking if you got it though, Chris. Damn. Hell yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for spinning that back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, I play. mean, so the gymnastics rings, you, that, that has been a big focus of yours, which is pretty interesting because whenever I see people do that, you know, on TV or maybe at a public park and they're, they're swinging around. That's. I feel like that's an activity that's reserved for for some real true athletes only. There, there's no real half step in there. Uh, yes, um, and although I like to call myself a real athlete, that's obviously not true. Um, I'm just a guy, um, and you know, <laughs> I, I am, guess I am, but I am just one man. I'm just one man, but I think this proves, you know, mercifully that even regular bros can hang upside down on some gymnastics rings in a public park if they want to. As long as you you pay a guy to help you do it. Yeah, it's exactly really impressive. But the rings have been an eye opening experience uh, workout wise because it's, I would say, much harder than weightlifting uh because it's a, a different you know it's just a different process that i'm not used to so there's been a learning curve yeah so it's so it's kind of like when you're on a dip dip machine or dip bar um but the bar is constantly moving around and swaying and you have to not only hold yourself up which is difficult but also keep yourself from you know just flailing around and slipping yes up. yes which requires i mean i the the, the it's fucking the, badass 
It's fucking cool, bro. Uh, the rings, they change height depending on the exercise. So, you know, we could be doing tricep work. We could be doing, you know, mm. chest work. Uh, but I am sore in very odd places, which is my favorite feeling. Um, mm. after, a- after Oxycontin, of course, the second best feeling is being sore in weird parts of your body that you didn't know, uh, you know, you could achieve in, that with. in your non, your non vanity muscles. Yes. Yes. Weird, you know, weird, you know, parts of my shoulder, you know, parts of my back. Um, yeah, actually I was, when, when I was doing a, a little cleanup post post remodel cleanup, I was, I found my, my bag of weed sport bath soak Epsom salts. So, and I I was feeling, I was feeling sore AF as well from, from blasting off yesterday. And I I think, um, Bay has has another shoot in, in Malibu today and Uh daddy's going to have a little alone time. So I might do, uh, you know, might put a little NTS on and get my little soaky on. Damn, TJ gonna be hanging out. I mean, what what can even fit in the bathtub? Just like your upper body, and you gotta let the legs hang out. Yeah, it ain't gonna be much. Um, it's gonna, you know, I think most of the body will be submerged, except for my knees protruding out of the water, and then you know my, I guess anything above my nipple, perhaps. Mm, so that's not it, too bad. So it, you know, I I love I, a, I, I love a soak for you, bro. Right. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I think Finish that up. also you, you know, having some alone time, lighting a Byredo, listening to some fucking, you know, lame music that you like is mm-hmm. perfect way, perfect way for you to decompress. I have to ask if I have permission to light the Byredo, but we'll see. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I feel see actually, it. I actually feel pretty confident about it. Okay. Well, I, you know, I feel confident too. If you're confident, I'm confident. I feel. Uh, I, I, I I imagine a scenario where you know, like when you the 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 parents go out of town and the kids dip into the the liquor cabinet and then refill the the kettle one bottle with with some water. I might be mm. doing the same the same move with the with the you know, the, the fill up the, the biredo with the Yankee Candle oatmeal cookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, son, this Snaps bottle looks a little different than when we left. Byredo's uh, feeling a little light. TJ, yeah, Byredo, something you want yeah, to let we, me know about? I use this kitchen scale for a lot of things, Jason, and I I'm finding some inaccuracies with your story. Um, um, good to see you, Jason. It smells great in here, actually. Something a reason why? Well, yeah, they. I mean, you're a known cook, you know. So an oatmeal cookie smell, you know, maybe it would trick someone. Mm, you know? I'm gonna I have had, to produce a I, cookie. I have to talk about my meal that I had last night. It was pretty mind blowing. Oh, okay. I remember you were talking about this. There was a handmade min- well, Jake, minzon. Jake and Adrian, our, our friends, have recreated the Parisian-Israeli restaurant Miznan. Jake Davis uh, and Adrian Ho for our listeners at home, you know. And, I mean, every bit of this shit was... I mean, the, the pita... I watched the pita come out of the oven mm-hmm. and then directly into my fucking dome. And right, right. <laughs> bro, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. It might be better than the actual restaurant. Dead ass. Well, that's high praise. And I guess it is kind of possible because I know I know that Jake works with only the most luxurious flowers um, yes. to make this yes. pita bread. And, you know, I, th- I think a restaurant like that, they probably can't afford with their profit margins to be buying, you know, top, top, top dollar. 
Yes, and I, I mean, it's small batch, Jason. You know, so we had Ooh, we had all, all the fixins, but I had a potato pita and a cauliflower pita as well. And what does that mean? Some- that means that there's cauliflower inside the pita as a filling yeah, it's like, or it's like it, a cauliflower base like a cauliflower pizza crust it's not like that no 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 it's like a the the famous miznan sandwich my my personal favorite is the cauliflower so it's just a it's a pizza with cauliflower and assorted yeah, they're like all right what yeah. is the most flavorless vegetable we can put in this bitch all right cauliflower let's get it popping i'm telling you and then jake also has some wild boy tomatoes and you know i'm not a tomato <laughs> head but i was i was fucking geeked off the tomatoes bro <laughs> there was a homemade there was a were homemade these cherry hummus. tomatoes or were these were these beef steaks no these were these were ox blood beef steak <laughs> well i'm it glad was just, it I'm was glad hitting had- it was hitting man it was a a proper carbo load for you well i've just had so many great meals since i've been here because all my friends are good at stuff and i'm not good at anything except being a guest uh so you and you have been you've been have you been improving as as a guest with your you know showing up with the right natural wines and, and things like that i have yes jason if you're fishing for a compliment i'll give it to you um yes i you know yeah, when yeah, i'm yeah. When, when i'm going to a real head's house mm-hmm. you know i even as a non-drinker i can't show up empty-handed that would be uncouth uh, yeah, and you can't so, show up with no fucking gia bullshit <laughs> yeah I'm you can't show it. up with a non-alcoholic aperitif no spritzer no. now i do stop and pick up obviously a couple bottles of mountain valley sparkling for myself mm-hmm. but if my guests are going to partake i must provide them with a high quality grape um <laughs> from from melrose melrose uh you know the the domain on melrose where you sent me domain um and it's everybody I've given a bottle to from Emil to Scott. They all they were all geeks. They Everyone's nutting off, aren't they? Sam Jane. I mean, every all, all the guests were were getting giving me great reviews. Um, and uh, I I tell most of them that you helped me. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I don't honestly. I I did. I picked all of those wines out. I've never tried any of them. I was just kind of uh, using, yeah, but it using felt- my spidey sense. But that's what was cool about it. It felt bespoke because you also knew the receiver. Mm-hmm. Which is which is, you know, not always the case. But so I, I have a as usual, I get the treatment I deserve and have a I have my own sommelier. Wonderful to hear. And then uh so this is also just kind of further solidifying your eventual permanent move to Los Angeles. <laughs> that's not that I don't know what you're talking about. That is not I mean, look, I'm thriving right now um, in, in some ways, but it mostly comes down to just the amount of physical activity I'm able to do. Yeah, Carolyn's friend, Max, he works uh, – he, he lives in New York. He works in, in data. <coughs> he's a data man, and he just, he just came to L.A. One-way ticket, just like don't, I'll figure it out don't, later. don't know how long I'm going to be here, but it ain't going to be a short time. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's where we're at in the world. I think no one's, the the thing is, no one's got anywhere to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. but as Americans, there's not many places we can go. So it, it does, it does limit our, um, our, our, uh, Mm -hmm. location, location options, you know? Um, but I do think we're going to see a lot of people like, you know, with nobody, if nobody has to go to an office for the next year, let's say, or at least until 2021, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, 
if you have the means, you and a couple of your friends are definitely going to go get a house somewhere, you know, with a beach or whatever, if you mm-hmm. can. Why would you not do that, you know? At the very least, a Palm Springs getaway or something. Exactly. A little a quickie Palm Springs, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just, just spread that virus on the low. Um... Look, bro, chill. I, you know, I mean, I, I I thought the sun killed it. Let me live, dog. I thought the sun killed it. The sun does kill it. That's confirmed for sure. I mean, it, I mean, it's killing my tan right now, bro. I'm looking bronze, baby. I'm looking like <laughs> a damn, looking like a damn statue. Are we are we filling out? Do we have any problem areas? Or are we good good money all over? Well, I'm having a little bit of a sock issue. Um. <laughs> You know, from from on the on the court, the the white Thorlows are leaving a slight tan line I see on my mid calf. So your your sock issue is you have a sock tan. Yes, that's a tough one. I mean, that it's really hard to even that out. I've found. I I think I'm fucked, but it also and you're never going to be no show, boys. That's just not going to happen. No shows are are truly something I couldn't be more against. I, I can't believe yeah. that anyone would wear them. I know, and they had a big run back in you know back in the day. I think there's still some dorks out there that wear you know the pads with loafers and shit, which is loafers have leather lining, so that you don't have to do that. I know, but you know, some people their their foot and shoe and sock story can really vary. It's a, it's a spectrum of smells, is what I'm saying. Some some people can just do it, and some people whatever their their flora and fauna going inside of that body produces you know even if you have a high quality leather sole it's gonna be fucked up bro <laughs> bro it's gonna be fucked up <laughs> um well we have we have a guest today mm-hmm. um a, a friend of mine uh alex frank who is a uh writer in new york and he's talked to all of our heroes on this podcast um on this po- he re- all of our heroes on this podcast well, he's just talked to all of our heroes. Your favorite musician, Lana Del Rey. Yeah, he, he's, musician, a, he's a music Mariah writer. He's, he's only... Uh, I think that's the other way around. I'm definitely more of a Mariah Stan than you are. I actually, you know, I'm going to get into about Lana Del Rey because I feel like it's it's really gone downhill. But he you, did, also talking, did it. Just talking, he's like, I didn't write a story about how her body looks. Uh, it's no, more about the music. <laughs> And then, and then he also did a cover story with Sienna Miller for L at the end of last year, which I obviously need to tee on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but legends in, only Aretha Franklin. Um, he talks you know. to some of your little bullshit like Eve's tumor and fucking Arca and no. all that shit you're into. Arca is fire. Eve's, you know, we'll take it or leave it. But yeah, Arca, you can't come for him. Her. I mean, then, I, then. I, I, I cannot because I'll get canceled. But I, it's unlistenable. Um. So You're uh, that's also true. Uh, you can listen to How Long Gone wherever podcasts are available. Um, you just took the wrong drugs, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's give let's give Alex a call. Yes. All right. All right, Jason. I want to talk to you about uh, David Smith. Uh, he's got a new show opening at Hauser and Worth in New York at the Twenty Second Street location. Uh, if you're not familiar with David, uh, he is one of the most influential, innovative artists of the 20th century, mostly known for sculpture. But this guy was doing his best work in the last five years of his life, which is uh, <laughs> kind of what I'm hoping for myself. <laughs> and just to be clear, his best work was done back in the 60s. It's important to note when when he did pass away. It is away. important to know, but the sculptures are very interesting. They're cool. 
Show closes April 13th. No one thing. David Smith, late sculptures at Hauser & Wirth 22nd Street Gallery. Seven of the artist's most important sculptures from the very final years. These are very important sculptures from his final years. And as much as you want to touch them, they are look, but do not. Mm-hmm. Don't make us look bad uh, is, kind of, is kind of what we're saying. Don't go in there and start knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, David Smith uh, is now open at Hauser & Wirth in New York at the 22nd Street location. And it closes on April 13th. Got it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Jason, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. Uh, In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common... Jason, it's normal. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it thanks to Nutrafol. Hair thinning is complicated, uh, and the problem is it's actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health, mm. um, which if that's the case, Jason, then you're in top physical condition. Uh, <laughs> internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, you know I like them thick, stronger hair. It's all connected, your body. It's all connected. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code how long. This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Booking.com. That is Booking.yeah. Booking.com offers so many possibilities across the U.S. Uh, from relaxing beach resorts, which you know I, I love and I'm a big fan of, love to bake in the sun, to remote mountain cabins, We can go up there and work on your kind of acoustic album. Mm. The multitude of choices across the beautiful United States of America on Booking.com allow you to book whoever you want to be. I, Jason, you know me. I'm a different version of myself depending on where I'm traveling and who I'm with. You know I mean? It's always baseline. Oh, wow. It's baseline, Chris. Diva alert. It's baseline, Chris, but when I'm in Australia, it's different. But in the U.S., if I go to Florida, if I go to Georgia, if I go to California, if I go to Wyoming, you know, I, I'm going to switch up my swag a little bit. Oof, I can only imagine. I, I just recently used Booking.com to take a little uh, post-V-Day trip up into wine country, hmm. and I can't wait to see who I will be when I am there. So book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking dot yeah. Hey, I've never done I've never done a three way FaceTime. That's a lie, well, and you know it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's something that actually I don't think Jason and I have ever done before either until we started this podcast. It's really cool. That's it's, debatable. I think you can do. I think you can do like crazy groups. You can have like thirty two people in one FaceTime, and that's oh uh, man. You, at the beginning of the pandemic, I like did a few Zoom situations, but I, it was just like I couldn't handle it, and I stopped. And then I refused to Zoom. Like people invited me to their Zoom birthday parties, and I just said no, I'm not coming. And they were like, "Well, literally, you have nothing else to do." And I'd be like, "Yeah, but I'm not going on a Zoom with 47 people right now." I can't yeah, do Zoom. It. Remember back in the old days when people would have fucking Zoom parties and Zoom <laughs> happy hour drinking things? 
This it seems like so long ago. No, bro, we're out in the streets. Thank you God that shit died because it was. Chris, you live in LA now? No, I'm just in yes, LA. Yes, he for, does. No, I'm just out here for a little, you know, siesta. Uh, right. No, but I came here July 1st, um, and it has been excellent. But I mean, New York, New York sounds pretty good to me from what I'm seeing. I mean, I yeah, it's like, a hellscape. It's, it's the best of times, worst of times situation where like, obviously there's a ton of bummer stuff happening, but there's also like, I mean, I've been in New York almost 13 years now and I've, I've never seen the city like this. It's like a totally new way to see the city. Um, so yeah, there are things that are really cool. Although I read today that Cuomo is done with the outdoor drinking and he's making it illegal again. So we're back to not drinking on the sidewalk. Mm. Fucking Cuomo, you know. I really I don't mean, like him. I didn't take you for a Cuomo sexual. I'm not a Cuomo sexual. <laughs> I'm, not a fan. I'm not a fan. It's just like I, it takes a certain kind of nerve to be like bragging all the time when your state had it the worst. Like that's mm. that's like a that's a very specific kind of like braggart. Hey, if yeah, it, it works for Trump. A weird thing to me. If it works for Trump, it could work for New York. That's true. It also true. works a, for Chris Black as well, pretty, I pretty well. Know. I mean, I, I love to follow my leader, but I have to stop at a certain <laughs> point. You, you know is what Cal- I mean? Is California, like, scary right now? Hell no, bro. It's fucking convertibles, In-N-Out Burger, Sunshine. Yeah, the only thing scary about California right now is, like, sometimes the waves are really big, and it'll kind of toss you around <laughs> in the ocean a little bit, but otherwise it's all good. I'm a little worried about my beachfront Malibu property because the sand is like eroding a little. But other than that, it's been pretty good. That's something and to ma- clock. Your mask tan. You're going to have a mask tan. I actually, the mask outdoor shit, I thought that was like, I didn't, I thought they kind of said that wasn't necessary, but now it is. It's very confusing. But people don't, they're never outside in LA anyway. So I guess it's like, you're always in your car anyway. So you don't really need to worry about it. I see a lot of people wearing masks in their car, which is truly demented. (laughs) That's really like the next level of. I see it all the time. Jason, don't you see it too? I see it constantly. I I think if you're a person alone in your car with the mask on, it it makes my life and my job easier of knowing, like, okay, I know everything I need to know about this person. Like, they're. It's almost sweet, I would say. Like it's it is. I mean, like, it's, it's just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just yeah. going to do the best I can do, and I don't care if I look. I mean, you could spin it to a, a very sweet story or just like, uh, <laughs> this is an annoying motherfucker story as well. Right. I, I think sometimes it's people who just are so committed to wearing the mask, they forget, which is yeah. probably a good thing. I am unfortunately not that committed to wearing a mask, but I do wear it when told, when, when, I'm, when I am supposed to. Oh, not just when you're told. Like, you don't have to be yelled at on the street to wear it. <laughs> well, I like that because that gives me some excitement. You know, I just read, actually, that da- uh, that Jax uh, from Vanderpump Rules was in the airport in Dallas, and people were telling him to wear a mask, and he just ignored them and kept walking, which is so sick. <laughs> I don't even – I never I never watch Vanderpump Rules, but it does not surprise Good me. Good for that you. That Wow, I'm surprised, actually, as a guy whose job it is to literally comment on culture that you're not looking at the highest – well, Peak you know what's culture. really funny is I went to a I went to a screening of um, Andy Cohen because my friend was doing like a performance on the Andy Cohen show. And wow, the, big the, flex! Big two flex. of the characters from Vanderpump Rules were there. I th- I think they were both from Vanderpump Rules, and everybody was freaking out about them. But it's like a really weird experience when you literally have no idea who those people are. But anyway, I did like 
interact with Vanderpump Rules. I met somebody on Vanderpump I like, Rules. I like that you call them characters and not people. Well, and that, that, that says a lot. And I think you're right for that. Yeah, like I, I – yeah, because I – you know what's really funny is like when you approach the show from someone who doesn't watch all of that stuff, like it really does seem fictional when you come at it from – like yes. a context of not like I don't watch. I, I think the Housewives are really cool. Like I think they're funny. Like I <laughs> very you cool. Know, but like I don't watch it. And so when I when I so I was just like, okay, I'm gonna watch this show because I met this person. Her name is Stassi, and I was like, I'm gonna watch the show. <laughs> so I I watched the show. And it was, and it was you can't just tell Chris that. You can't so just you casually know, st- drop Stassi. First of all, first of all, her name is Stassi. Uh, Stassi put some, put some respect on her fucking name. Sorry, Second sorry. of all, <laughs> she has been canceled. So you're in the clear. Why? Uh, she, her, and another cast member attempted to get a a black cast member arrested. Oh yeah, I read for like not this. really doing anything. But she has hired a serious crisis PR firm, and she is pregnant. So she's trying to rehab her image as we speak. Whoa. That's uh-huh. crazy. Well, I uh-huh. met her at Vanderpump Rules or at Andy Cohen, and people were very excited that this was before any scandal, and people were very excited that she. Can was, we she talk was like about a celebrity? Yes. Well, she is a celebrity in certain circles. Well, Unfortunately, now she's a Karen. Exactly. She now really is. I. What was your experience at Watch What Happens Live? Because I, somehow I've been passed over again and again to be the guest bartender. Oh, uh, that's. That's so my friend was the guest bartender. That's why I was there. And like it was that's sort of like my I would love to be the guest bartender on Andy Cohen. I don't know. I have like a weird I like him. I don't know why. Like I love him. Yeah. Like I know he's not like a perfect guy and there's something off about him in some ways. But like I (laughs) I really I really like him and I just like find him really appealing. And I watch that show. I even watch the shows about the housewife. Like I watched like. The his when he does when he has Lisa Vanderpump or whoever on the you show, watch I watch the show those, even though I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because I gotta say, Alex, that's pretty weird. I gotta well, say, but I, <laughs> I, I like him, and he, you know what, he can sometimes get celebrities like open, like yes, like he can get Mariah Carey to talk to him in a way that like nobody really can. But like, you were unable here. to, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> and so like I, I you know. I just I, I give him a lot of credit for that. He's the Mark Marin of Bravo. He is the Mark Marin of Bravo. He but is, I, you yeah. know I have I have gone a step further and I've actually read Andy Cohen's books. Whoa! Um, and so if you thought you were the real fan, I just want to put it into perspective for you. Uh, and <laughs> his there's one that's like a diary, mm-hmm. and this is like years. This is years ago at this point. I I at the time didn't realize like how plugged in he is like in Hollywood like mm-hmm. he's on the yacht with Barry Diller and shit oh, all yeah. summer like he's oh, really yeah. on another level so then once I found that out I was extra in because I also want to be on the yacht with Barry Diller right what do you right, th- what do you it think how, it is how, of what what is it about him that allows him to gain access into the upper echelons as just what? a uh, you know basic cable TV show host he's very plugged in. I mean, he made all those shows like he created. He basically made Bravo, which is owned by NBC, like a conglomerate, like a giant juggernaut mm-hmm. of money making. Yeah, um, he invented. He, he's like the Aaron Spelling of our time. Like he invented yeah. the soap opera of our time. Yeah, he's also he, a huge Grateful Dead fan. I interviewed him about his Grateful mm-hmm. Dead obsession for this story that I did about Grateful Dead fans. Nobody's That's perfect. Him and. That's because he mobs out with my king, John Mayer. That's his no, boy. but he's been going. He's been going since the eighties. Like he, he's been going to Grateful Dead shows since he was like a teenager. 
I wish I understood the Grateful Dead, but it's a big challenge on this show. I went to see them on on Halloween last year. Are you a dead? Was it for research or are you a deadhead, bro? I'm not a deadhead. I like them. I'm not like, I don't know like a ton, a ton. My uncle was a deadhead. So I kind Uh, of like had them in my kind of purview. It was a great show. It was like 17 hours long. And like, I don't smoke weed. So it was just like funny to like every like everybody was offering me a joint like if i smoked weed it would have been the best wow place in the so world. you like so you did coke at a grateful dead show that's pretty <laughs> no, weird never. Although there were, <laughs> i thought it would just be weed but a lot of those baby boomers were like on other drugs too like it was really clear that the baby boomers were also on like psychedelics maybe, yeah maybe ketamine though too. fire I, oh. I, I, I couldn't tell but it wasn't just weed for sure I I just the, the popularity of the Grateful Dead in this time is very interesting to me because I I just wanted like I want to basically check everyone I see and be like all right bitch when did you start listening to this shit like if you right. grew up listening to this shit all right go crazy if you started well, two years ago I can't rock with you well I actually think that's interesting that you say that because I, there's I think there's something about them that like it's like a dog whistle thing that does that people who are 20 don't like, I know a lot of people who get into who've gotten into it when they're like 30 years old. Exactly. Like, I think it appeals to a certain kind of like 30 pushing 40 kind of guy. Like, don't talk to us like that. Okay. Cause we're not, it's not going to work on us. (laughs) It's not. I I asked Andy Cohn if there were like a lot of gay deadheads and he had no answer for me. I was just like, I've never, (laughs) you're the first gay deadhead i've ever met and he was like oh okay cool it would have been pretty cool if you checked grinder at the show just to see (laughs) i should have done just to see what's going down that would have been a cool go back to concerts i would do that i i but that's the thing i have no interest in the music but i would absolutely go to a show like if somebody invited me it was fun it was beautiful like it was a moment i was was it in new york was it in like jones beach or something no it wasn't the problem was that it was at madison square garden msg baby come on well, the real experience is going somewhere that's like scenic and beautiful and seeing them. So you gotta hit Red Rocks, you know. Right, and I so I didn't have that experience. And then the whole the whole setup is there with all you know at Madison Square Garden. They didn't have like you know all the booths with the all that stuff. So it's oh, like a different yeah, experience. Yeah. Party but in the parking still, lot. Yes, but it was still really, really. It was it was special, and I was captivated by it for sure. How hot did John Mayer look on stage? I mean, I was pretty far, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He looked all right, I guess. Yeah. Have you? Have you? I I think John Mayer's career is also one of the wildest things like we that, that we've ever experienced. As well, people. My, my question is: is like, is the music something that is experienced? Like, do people like? Does he? Is he just a? Is he a reality celebrity at this point, or do people actually like buy that music and listen to that music? No, no, no. The music slaps at certain stages, right? Like, I I am a fan truly of when he goes like a little more like country it's pretty good like yeah i could see the, that the, that record that he did it's called born and raised that record's like very good that's kind of his mm-hmm. peak um but i just think from a 360 degree celebrity we don't have that many that are able to do everything that he does i think it's a pretty rare thing right he's like what can what, what does way? he like, do he, he sings and plays guitar and fucks chicks I, I can name a lot of people who can do that but i'm saying he's First of all, the the caliber of woman is crazy. I mean, this guy has run through them all. It's insane. But then he also, the Grateful Dead thing is actually crazy. Like the amount of music he had to learn, like be like that's insane. And he played Jerry Garcia. He plays Jerry Garcia's guitar for some of the shows. Like he's 
really in it and he's committed his life to it. They tore a fucking lot. You know what it's I mean? Crazy. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's a real commit. Like he made a real, you're right. Like to learn, they're like four hour shows. I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think it's, yeah, like he really the, has com- committed. the commitment level to do that. Still have your own output. For sure. uh, to me, you know, he's th- the, he's the Pete Davidson of music. Exactly, exactly. He's the Pete or, Davidson of music. Maybe he's like a really secretly like the, just the super hardest worker ever and he like manifested all of this by like working his ass off. I don't know. I think he must be I think guys like that are genuinely just like blessed. Like it's very mm-hmm. easy for them to like learn the music and do that side of things. Right. Um but his looks don't hurt, you know, if I'm being honest. No. You know. True. That head True. of that head of hair is immaculate, you know. And I would kill for that hair. You have great hair. I was about to comment. I know you let it grow out. Well, this is an. Ex- I mean, it's an experiment. We'll see. I don't know I if do- I'm going to have John Mayer locks, but I can't. Oh, you're really not. Get- you're not. You don't. I, unless you're going to Sally Hirschberger, sweetie, you're not going to get there. So. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh did you give yourself a haircut in quarantine i've been giving myself many haircuts yeah and like i kind of like the haircuts i've been giving myself to be honest with you like i didn't do a terrible job the thing about giving yourself a haircut though is not necessarily how it looks that day it's mm. like when you don't do it evenly it grows in so crazy like mm. the problem was like three weeks later like i'd have patches here and like here and it was just like so I finally did get a professional haircut and it was just like, I'm going to bite the bullet and do this. How, and good was, did, how good did it feel? It felt really good, but it's such a weird, ex- I mean, it was such an awkward experience that it's like the pleasure of getting your haircut is completely removed from the equation. And so also my barber went out of business, so I had to go to a different person, but like, it's just like an awkward experience with the face shield and there's, it's dead quiet and there's just yeah. two people in there. And so it doesn't really, you know, I used to like love getting my hair cut and you just sit in the chair and chill the fuck out and whatever. And now it's like, it's like going into like the biodome or something. <laughs> yes. There, there I, aren't very many places left where we can have the locker room talk that we, that we so <laughs> exactly. need exactly. from the barbershop. See, I shut the fuck up in the barbershop chair. I, I want to not talk. Like my whole life is so much talking that I'm like, when I'm in that chair, I just kind of, I'm quiet. I became pretty good friends with my barber. And, really? And, and her and I, yeah, I mean, I really like her and she's had a really interesting life, kind of. And I, I just, I don't know, I, I like her a lot. And we. Did she make we, house calls? She would. She told me she would for me, which was like very gratifying, of course, because I love mm-hmm. special treatment. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I haven't been in New York since March, so I haven't. She's back at work, though. I know. I mean, the, the barbershop is open. You know, I think it's just like a capacity. Like you said, it's like weird and there's capacity issues and all that stuff. So maybe I should go to her, though. Hey, her. Uh, yes, I would love to. I'll send you her stuff. She works Please. with a fellow barber. Her name is Andrea. Please do. Yeah, I, I um, she's yeah, she's got some cool stories uh, cool. about like '90s LA. Which is my probably mm. top top time like, period, like Viper Room LA kind of thing. Yeah, like she lived here and was like a stylist in that era, and wow. like before she before she's had like a few lives. She was like a model. She's like a, it's, she's had a few lives. So wow. it's a very interesting story. Um, yeah. But I miss. I mean, I've I shaved my head, uh, and so did Jason. So we we are in the same boat. We gave ourselves haircuts for a while. I'm sticking with it. I really like I'm commit. I've decided to commit. I'm not going to shave like I'm going to do the full thing, but we'll see. Did you did you 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 traveled a bit, right? You haven't been in New York the whole time. Mostly I've been here the whole time. I was in Pittsburgh for like two weeks, but yeah, I, I can't I, I can't believe you're from Pittsburgh. I don't think I know anyone from Pittsburgh. 
Mm-mm. You don't know anyone from Pittsburgh? No. I mean, Andy Andy Warhol, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Andy Warhol is from Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah, born and raised. Like, Actually, that's not true. Lauren Sherman, who you might know from Business of Fashion, is from Pittsburgh. I don't know her. Yeah, she's a, she, I believe she is from Pittsburgh. Another Pittsburgh writer. What's the vibe in Pittsburgh? It seems pretty weird. It's Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I didn't like it growing up, like, but I've come to like understand its appeal now like my parents met when they were five they went to elementary school together i went to the same high school as them it's Mm. just like a very old-fashioned place with serious roots and serious like yeah just like a like a like that sense of of rootedness which only made sense to me and like only started to be kind of appealing to me was when i left pittsburgh and i met a lot of kids who were like who had grown up in places that they had no attachment to they were just like they grew up in suburbs that they like weren't really like connected to in a in a lasting way they were just a place that their parents had moved or something like that and yeah. so like started to understand like why pittsburgh was it is special, but it doesn't mean I really want to live there. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. No, no, I, I understand that. I think that's an interesting way to put it. I mean, yeah. I've never been there, which is kind of strange. I feel like I've been to a lot of cities like that, but I've never been. I've never had like a reason to go there. But you know, they did open an Ace Hotel, so now I must. I mean, very close to my house, actually. They're like calling my, me. Like my my parents like live like it's not the same. It's not gentrifying in the same way that like New York would, but it like kind of is. Yeah. And my parents like just happen to kind of live on the edge of that neighborhood. Isn't there like a tech thing happening? And that's yeah, what Google bringing... Google has an office. That's they, all. It they takes. probably have some bomb ass gastro pubs there. <laughs> yeah, they, they they're really they are really <laughs> into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, we have our own like very cheap like Coors Light beer called Iron City Light and you have to say it with a Pittsburgh accent so you say Iron City and mm. it's like the most it's like it was like 25 cents a can when I was growing up like and you could get it like everywhere and it was like 25 it's called Iron City Light and it's like only available Iron City. so that's like your version of an old style or a yingling or yeah it's like else. water with like it's like water with like a little bit of beer in it basically mm. well for 25 cents what can you really expect hey, I've had Coors Light <laughs> I actually, you know, a friend of mine, Adam Ray, who actually listens to the show, I think he told me that one of the best, like, electronic music parties in the world is in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah. Like, a, like it, it might be like a gay rave. There are, like, when, I, I don't know what it's like anymore because I really don't spend that much time there, but when I was younger, it was a very fun, weird place like there yeah. wasn't a lot going on but it was basically like there were parts of it that were just like an abandoned city so sure. there was like a lot of weird shit happening in warehouses and like you could go like there was like weird punk shit happening everywhere like it really had that because it was just such a cheap place without like like it like things were just like available and open and closed down yeah. you know what I mean? like mm. there was all these old factories there's all these old warehouses that no longer operate and so there is like a weird scene there but i've never heard of it as being like um sort of heralded by anybody outside of Pittsburgh. This sounded very underground to me, but like also very big in whatever the community was. As a person who likes guitars, it was a little lost on me. Um <laughs> but did you what were you into growing up? Were you into punk and shit or were you into like whatever La Del Rey was at that time? Uh like a mixture of both. I was like a weird mixture of both. You know what I mean? Like I loved like bikini kill and stuff like that, but I was really also into like Britney Spears. Like I was just like a very weird mix of 
things and i like didn't really that's actually a perfect mix not a weird mix yeah i would say that's like ideal really yeah it it took me a long time to figure out how those two things could coexist in my life in like a in a a Mm -hmm. holistic way but like (laughs) they do and like i like i love both sides of that thing but i like i like loved britney spears when i was in seven like loved britney spears (laughs) so what's going what's going on with all this britney spears drama because i I don't follow because it was on Diet Prada and they're my nemesis, so I'm a little uh, confused. If Are you, you a Britney you, truther? Is do you believe that she is being controlled by her handlers? I don't think there's. It's even a question. Like she, no. she has been Let's under go. this conservatorship since since I either 2007 or 2008. She it's really weird because she came to be famous when she was 17, and now she has basically the legal rights of a 17 year old. So she's just like 17 forever. Because her dad basically, I don't think she can vote without her dad's permission. I mean, the, like the conservatorship, like has insane, like like those things have insane rules. Like he's in charge, I think of her probably. Of, I mean, I don't want to get sued, so I don't know how much I can say. But I, I think he's in charge of her finances. Like I think he can. He deals with like the custody issues relating to her and Kevin. Like, and it's her, it's her dad, not even her mom. Like her mom is apparently now trying to petition to get some control because the dad's like a known shithead, right? I mean, it's really hard to say. Yeah, I mean, he might, he may or may not have saved her life with this situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. But but it, but it's like, but like, you know, she has talked openly about it being like a prison. Like she, like she, there was that one documentary that came out in I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine where she sort of let the guard down. She has never let the guard down since, and she's crying in this documentary. It was on MTV, and she's just talking about how she's basically in prison. And like, she, there's no joy in her life. There's no, there's just like nothing. And I, I, I don't know that that's still true, but like, I, she seems to have a good time on Instagram. And like, I really want her to have fun. But I, but I do think there's a way in which like, she, yeah, like I, she's, she's a little stuck. She I think. seems to have like a Michael Jackson, Jackson family kind of vibe going on. Yeah. I mean, looked- there's a lot of money. Like we're talking about like a lot of money, correct? And a lot of people employed. Like the thing yeah. is like these these people become like corp- – she's a corporation. And so mm-hmm. like there's all these people on the payroll. Yeah, it's like keeping a business afloat. You know what I mean? Maybe you have to change the CEO but like it needs to keep going. Like the stock has to keep going, you know? And – but it's just a bummer because I don't – like I saw her in Vegas and I was – I went to one of the early shows in Vegas and like everybody was talking about that show as if it was like this great liberation moment for her because she was back on stage and she was like woman power and all this kind of stuff. But it just seemed really sad to me. And I just like kept thinking, like, does she want to be on that stage? Like she looked really like she she never spoke to the audience. There was no video screen. So you couldn't even see her face close up. Like mm, it was literally shit. like it was. Yeah, it was like as as bummer a show as I could imagine a Britney Spears show could be. So I was kind of like, this is not, this does not feel like a liberation moment to me. See the vibe on Instagram to me is, is like a little bit like, like porn hub at home is kind of the aesthetic. Like the it's, it's Expand all on know. that, please, Chris. It just I mean, seems like, Oh, the, you mean like her Instagrams and stuff? Yeah. It just seems so something about it seems so weird, but also like authentic to her. Maybe like it actually feels like she's doing it, which makes it more weird. But then there's the boyfriend, which is that a prop or is that real? I can't decide. 
the thing with Britney is like this is like she is always like a symbol of the uncanny. Like you never know what's real and fake with her. Like even with her voice, like has been altered through a computer to a point where like I don't even like who knows what her voice even is. It like is a computer. Her, spe- her speaking voice or her singing voice or both. Singing, her singing voice. Okay. Like, she is like she she like it's hard. It's always been hard to know like what's real and what's fake with her. That's like the vibe of her. Like she has some like cyborg qualities to her. Like some of those videos, she looks like a robot like malfunctioning or something like that. But like mm. she's you know, I mean, I just love her so much, and I think she's like a like a deeply emotional person who <laughs> I connect to on many levels. And like, I just want her to be happy. I mean, she is truly an icon. And I think that all of us are probably like a similar age. So we like really grew up during the heyday of that, where she was like the most famous person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like beyond, like she is a, she is in the pantheon, you know what I mean? And I think like, I also like think she had a lot of creative influence on like the world that we live in now. I mean, for good and for bad in some ways, but I hear her presence like in so much music ranging. Really? From, yeah, like I just hear her presence ra- in music ranging from like Rihanna and Selena Gomez to like Arca and like all you know, like mm-hmm. her influence. I think has been like really big, and I and I think like she doesn't really get a ton of credit for that because nobody believes she actually did any of it. So like, yeah, I, I think I think she has kind of changed things. Damn, I've never thought about that. I think of her more as like I don't think about the music that much anymore. I think I just think about the celebrity of it all. You know, I and think like, most like, most people probably do at this point, but I'm still, you know me, I'm still, like, <laughs> I'm still holding on to her music. What's your favorite Britney about. song? Before we I move mean, on, it's a really hard thing to answer. Okay, for maybe maybe your favorite ballad, and then your favorite like okay, dance favorite song. ballad is "Every Time," which is the only song she's ever written, and. Like I think it's the only really? I didn't know that. that's been on one of her albums, and it's the song that she wrote after Justin Timberlake released "Cry Me a River," and she was really upset. And the opening lyrics, like it's a beautiful song, mm-hmm. and the opening mm-hmm. lyrics, the fir- opening two lyrics of the song are the words "Notice me," and I just think that's like the most beautiful. Like it just sums her up in so many ways, and it's like, like she could have been like a, an incredible songwriter. I think if she had done it more, or if people had let her do it more, because that song is beautifully beautifully written mm-hmm. and my favorite like high, high like fast song oh i don't know i love the whole blackout album which i think of as like a <laughs> song because i only listen to it from beginning to end damn mm. this guy said damn that's the best compliment i think of the album as one song because i just rinse it from front to back it's amazing and she made it amidst her breakdown and it's this really weird mix of things because she was at the height of her power like she could she could do anything she wanted in the studio because she had been making so much money for people yeah, for sure so she had free reign in the studio mm-hmm. and at the same time she was sort of like losing it a little bit so you combine those two things and like you just have this like combustion that's both like super weird and like incredibly produced as long as nobody dies you have some magic coming out of that studio yeah yeah like maybe i'll maybe i'll put on blackout this weekend and just see where i land there are no guitars alex i um (laughs) we've talked about it before on the show but i have to mention i was i'm in the video for every time you are in the video. Oh God, Jason! <laughs> I forgot. I, yeah, I, I, I am in that video. Wait, 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 wait! wait. The, vi- <laughs> the video was Stephen Dorff in Vegas. Uh, that's right. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! In what context are you in that video? I play a ravenous paparazzi. 
when she's walking through the hallway. That's right. That's right. I'm the I'm the very tall one. I'm wearing a leather trench coat. I have kind of long hair, and they they gave me makeup to look kind of like dark and menacing. And then you're now, um, the, you're now the most famous person I've ever met. <laughs> But it's weird because when I was, I remember being on that video at the time, I was like, all right, here's another Britney Spears song and I'm in the video and whatever. And then that, that's, you, you're right about it really kind of becoming this beautiful song that has had a lot of legs. And then it was featured in that, um, what movie was that in a few years Spring ago? Spring Breakers. Yeah, Spring Breakers, where they had that scene. And like when you sit down and listen to it, you're like, fuck, this is a, a truly beautiful song. And in the original video, she commits suicide in the video, but they changed it before they yeah. released it because MTV gave them pushback. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a what? dark, like it's a, it's a really like that song, and it's again, it's like I think it's the only one she's ever written that's been on one of her studio albums, and so it's like truly the only kind of uh, like assured window that we have into her like mm-hmm. psyche. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, Jason, I didn't realize that was the video you were in. This is one I, of Jason's famous stories, so I've heard it, of course, a million times. I mean, you should be telling that to everybody. I would be using <laughs> that story left and right. You can get into clubs with that story. Yeah, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Bergheim and be like, "Have you seen everything?" <laughs> I'm gonna pull up YouTube. Just give me one second, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that is a, that is a I, I didn't realize that was the song you guys are meant to be. That's oh it's, man, it's, I can't it, wait to watch it, and now I have a personal connection to it. His <laughs> Uh I had a few questions about my Britney Spears, uh, Sienna Miller, that you okay? That you, oh that yeah, you famously profiled for the cover where she actually looked very good. That's a great yeah. cover. Um, what do you mean, actually? It's hard to not make her look good. Yeah. I agree, but sometimes magazines, at least for me, as a person who appreciates natural beauty, especially mm-hmm. a laid-back natural blonde, I, I can't have the makeup and the hair. You know, I, I just I think that's unnecessary. Yeah, um, well, she's the most naturally glowing person I've ever met in my life, so they did the right thing by just letting her be her. What mm. was the vibe, bro? Give me the whole tea. What'd she, okay, eat? So What'd she smell like? What's the vibe? The vibe was, like, super wonderful. And, like, I have, like, very kind of strict ideas about, like, I, I am not there to be friends with the person. And, like, it's very important for me to remember that because famous people are very um, charming and alluring. That's why they are where they are. And so Thank they you. can make Thank you, you. They, they, they can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can make you feel like, like, like you're friends and you're not. With her... It was like really, really special, and she gave she gave mm. me her email address, and also said what she wants that she wanted to set me up with a guy, and I was oh. like, so you so you hit Sienna Miller at gmail dot com with a few pics, and then like where did it go? It it, it gets kind of worse, Chris. You're gonna be kind of upset, I think. I mm. she she told me about the guy, and I said no. Like, like my friends when I told my friends that I said like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, they were like, "What if Sienna Miller like wants to just do it, bro? You do it." And I I didn't go. And that—that is a dick that you suck as an investment into your future. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. But the heart wants what the heart wants. It wasn't meant to be. So anyway, I haven't spoken to her since, but she sent me some really nice emails and. But she was. Where wonderful. did you do? Where did you do the interview? What was it at, at a um, hotel? What, what's that? Um, it's like such a you place. Um, <laughs> is, is it Cafe Clooney or something? Oh, very chic. Yes, we in, love in the West Village. Yeah, we love that. 
Yeah, that's so you. And that's like, a nice early breakfast place. You know what I mean? When you don't want to get spotted, you know how. It yeah, is. and she wasn't recognized by the hostess, which I thought was like really funny. And also, she's like a really good act. Like I when that when they first asked me to do that, I was sort of unsure because I was just like Sienna Miller. Like I had this idea of her as like something that she kind of isn't. And I watched this movie that she's in called American Woman, which was the movie that she was promoting for the for the magazine cover, and it's. A very good movie, but more important than being a good movie, she is like absolutely wonderful in it. And if she had had a different reputation, she would have been thought of for Oscars for this role. Like it was that good. And that really caught me. I was like, oh, this woman has a, she has a story like she's underrated, I would say. I, I think I I think her her chops are underrated as well. I, I, I agree. I think that she – I mean I think in that – I think a couple years ago she was in like small roles, but she was in like three Oscar-nominated movies in one year, mm-hmm. um, which think, is impressive. The Miller yeah, effect. Yeah, she just needs to keep at it and I think like – I think that she just wants to be like a working actress. That's the sense that I got from her, which is like a really nice thing to be. Like it's – she wants to live in the West Village and raise her kid and like be a working actress, have work, but like – not maybe i mean i'm sure she would love to win an oscar and be famous more famous and blah 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 blah. but it seems like she's like just kind of trying to build a career in like a really kind of relatable way you know i mean she also lived through being like exceptionally famous you know what i mean like yes she was but her first movie was archie and she had already been tabloided with jude law before the movie even came out so she didn't even have a chance to like introduce herself in yeah. a movie and she like i mean the shit that she put up with i mean rupert murdoch tapped her fucking phone and was listening in on her fucking damn phone murdoch phone. you know as much damn. as i love the daily mail murdoch is the devil and Yo, we can, can you all... ima- like like how creep <laughs> that's insane like it's, i that's... mean that's what i mean the whole primrose hill that era of like lunch it's it's crazy how big it was like you know what I, I asked her i was like did you ever meet amy like because i associate her with amy winehouse in my mind because of london and all that yeah that, the craziness of that 2006, era. 2000 era. And she never got to meet Amy Winehouse. So that was, but I, but I was like, yeah. I, I you know, like, Amy, I'm also, funny you bring her up. I'm also an Amy Winehouse stand. That's, that's top, like Amy Winehouse top five of all time. Agreed, 100%. Like, I, I think top five that, and not number five. <laughs> <laughs> number five I mean, for I, Chris is probably Lily Allen, though. I love Lily, too. I love Lily. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> I, uh, I I think that Amy I watch Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson do that song live uh, at Valerie. least once a month. I, at least once a month at the Brits. I think is the award show where they played it. That's your that's it. your version of Stevie Nicks warming up backstage video. I also watched that. That video might be the best video on YouTube. The best video on YouTube. An Amy mm-hmm. Winehouse story that's good that I have is I saw her handwritten lyrics to that song. Um, that has the lyric kept his dick wet, which and she wrote it like in little girl handwriting. <laughs> and it's so sweet to see it like on a piece of paper. Where are we, is this Megan the Stallion? Stallion? <laughs> it was. I saw Megan the Stallion's written verse. <laughs> Where, also, can you, as a a journalist on the front lines of music, can mm-hmm. you explain this fucking Megan the Stallion Tory Lanez thing? Because I don't understand, and they're being mm-hmm. very coy about it. No, I, I actually like. I really haven't been following. I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, apparently, Megan The Stallion got shot in the foot, and Tory Lanez got arrested for having a gun. But like, <laughs> they're not talking about it. And Kylie Jenner was there. Well, if it was if it was Nobu and Malibu or the nice guy, it's very possible. 
Oh man, Megan's been through so much and she's like such a joy in the world. And like, I just, it makes me really upset. Like anyone that would shoot her is just like anyone that would shoot anybody, but like don't shoot Megan. I guess shot, a, Megan. shot in the foot feels accidental. I think Tory Lane's little ass let it blast by accident and escalate and clipped her left foot. Yeah, that's wow. that's, the, that's the vibe. Tory like, Lane's Alex. Tory Lane's is five foot two. That's fucked up. He's five foot two. Yeah, because they. Sh- <laughs> yeah, they showed. This is a tall man's podcast. I, I know you're not. You know, I, I don't think you're grazing six feet. But no. But we're gonna yeah, let you in. That was like serious shade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding because because we joke about it a lot. But Tory Lane's <laughs> is actually five foot two. That's the point of this conversation. You know and, what? That makes me, that makes me feel so impressed with him because to get where he is in the world mm-hmm. that he's in at five foot two, like takes something, you know. To be a bad rapper and bald <laughs> and five foot two and be famous is fucked up. That's crazy. You're absolutely right. He made a hard. deal deal with the devil type of scenario. I'm, I'm impressed. He, he battled with Drake, my king, and lived to tell. I mean, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's that that I, I guess they're both from Toronto, so maybe they knew it would eventually be squashed. You know, <laughs> all, uh, all Drake beefs are eventually for squashed. the betterment of the city as a whole. Yes. yes, exactly, exactly. The mayor, the two mayors, shared mayors. Uh, uh, have you been working during the the pandemic? Have you been writing a lot, or have you found it difficult? Really difficult. And the thing about like I'm incredibly disciplined and prolific with writing. Like it's not something that like Flex. like yeah. I I'm someone who wakes up every day usually and like is committed to it and can do it and can yeah. produce even if it's not the full thing. Like I pr- really pride myself on that, and I and I take a lot. Like I, t- I I really care about that, and it centers me and gives me so much. And I've been like unable to not even just to write to even like think about like what I would write like I'm so muddled and confused and like I I can't I just can't be productive so I'm doing like other work like I do some ad work and sure that kind of ad writing kind of thing to pay the bills because I have no choice but to do that but in terms of (laughs) in terms of like creative stuff no like I don't even really it's a weird thing because a couple editors have hit me up like Oh, send pitches or like blah 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 blah, and like normally I'm like psyched, like, like I want to do that, you know, like this seems yeah. like a good idea, and I don't even want to send pitches. Like I'm just like I don't know what it is. Like I hope that I that I I hope that I do you step out do of you it. feel like the the subject matter that you were writing about feels less important right now, given it, what's going on in the world? One hundred and fifty percent. It's really crazy that you say that because that's I think that kind of hits the nail on the head in like a subconscious way. Like, I don't think that's like what I'm consciously thinking of. I'm not like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, like the whole world has changed. I can no longer write about this. I just think I like genuinely don't care as much. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't. Yeah. Like everything, everything feels a lot more trivial nowadays. Yeah. And like, I don't think that's entirely fair, I guess, because it's like, you know, it was trivial before and I Mm -hmm. still did. it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely like there's a blockage and I've like never had a blockage. And so it's very troubling to me. But also like I just don't know if media is going to be on the other side of this. And so part of me is just like, I, will this exist? Will this job exist like that I've invested so much of my life in? And what's uh, what's our fallback career? I've, can you tell me like do you have a job? Like do you like, How, do you, you have any me? interest like, in food blogging? Britney Spears backup person. I, I was going to ask if Britney Spears historian. I'm sure that would be a competitive historian. 
There's a museum, so don't even joke because I might apply to be the curator of the Britney Spears Museum in Kentwood, Louisiana. I knew it was in Louisiana. That's oh. so depressing. Um, well, are you keeping up with new music, though, even though you're not writing about it? Um, here and there, I when the when the when the pandemic first started happening i found myself not listening to any music partly because so much music i listen to is on my headphones when i'm on the subway or when i'm walking around and i wasn't really yeah. doing any of that but partly like i don't know like it wasn't it wasn't like normally i have music on all day every day and i just like really wasn't engaging with it um but i have been slowly and surely like getting back into it and i love that high album and i saw you tweeting about it and Bro, I never liked them. So same. Never cared. Yeah. Never cared. Never and cared. Listen to it a lot. I really like it. I love it. And I think it's like really clever and really like thought through in a very smart way. The way that they use references is like in a way that I hadn't heard before where they like want you to, they really, they're like in on the joke of the references and like, I, I just think it's brilliant. And I think their references are correct. Like the UB40 song that like UB40 song slaps. Good, you know, and like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish there was another song that sounded exactly like that UB40 song. <laughs> Do you Here think, we- did they bring in, like, did something different happen? I didn't even look into, is there like new producers or just yeah, the god I mean, Rossum? Rossum and Ariel Reichstadt, I think, worked on it too. And they're no, both I, think, like- I think Ariel works on everything because he's dating one of them. Uh, well, he, they're both geniuses. I think Rossum is like low key a production genius. And we've who did we talk to him on the po- about him on the podcast with Jason? Mm, I don't remember. Hamilton? Probably Hamilton from, from Hamilton <laughs> Lifehouser. Yeah. Um, because they did I that think, record together. I, I think that Danielle, who I, like I didn't even know their names before this album came out, and now I can point them out and know which one is which. I think, mm. and Danielle, I think is like, I mean, she seems to be kind of the leader. She's the singer, but I think she seems like the creative engine in a lot of ways too. And I think she's a really good songwriter. Like the, the songwriting is really, it's just like really urgent. Like it feels, it, it, it like hits you like in a way where you're like, I've, I've had that exact thing happen to me. I know that exact feeling that she's having. Mm-hmm. And like, it just like, I think she's really, I think she's a really good songwriter. And it's cool to see, you know, somebody that or a band that both of you guys didn't really check for or care about and then kind of keep at it and slowly, you know, get there. I had been really unfair about them. I thought of them as something like, you know, bourgeois in a way or like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's like, funny. I thought it was just kind of hokey. Yeah, I don't know what I thought it was. And I think I it wasn't super fair. To, I, I think I wasn't super fair to them. I had some preconceived notions and that weren't maybe correct. And like, I'm super impressed with this album and I think it's, it might be like up there with my album of the year situation. So you've been able to stop listening to the kid Cuddy Eminem single long <laughs> enough to really get just, into the Heim record. Love to hear just that. About, just about. Love to hear that. Well, that's, speaking, that's actual of, growth. <laughs> speaking of that, Alex, is there, um, what, what bad music do you listen to? Like, what do you mean by bad? Just music that you know is not good, but you still, for some reason, listen to it. I feel like that's a fair chunk of the music. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm trying to think of something in particular that's like not good. What about you, Chris? Oh, I mean, I think a lot of people consider all the music I like to not be good, but like, yeah, the Killers is excellent. I- I'm talking not about like- music that you personally think is bad but still listen to it like I don't damn know. i just can't quit you 
this isn't bad music at all. And so I want to preface this by saying it's not bad, but I think people don't know how good it is. I listen to a lot of Patti LaBelle and I think people don't really like mm. chef, chef Patty. Yeah. I love Patti LaBelle and I listen to her I, albums a lot. I've never explored LaBelle's catalog. Jason, I'm there, sure you haven't either. She's, she's great. Uh, Thanks. Who else? Who else? <laughs> I mean, oh, there's so many, I don't even know where to begin actually. I but it was too Jason, good of a question. See, Jason Jason fancies himself to be like very cool and he doesn't he listens to like shit that I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Whereas I'm more into some radio smashes. Right. Me too. Me too. I'm like into I'm like really I'm like I'm kind of become really boring and like mostly conventional music and like I yeah, I'm not super proud of that, but like it's kind of become the story of i think it'll it'll happen to you as you get older you you'll you'll reach for less arca and more lady lady a perhaps (laughs) what if arca changed her name to lady a something that would be sick some of that stuff too for me is like i'm not part of like when i was in my 20s I was part of like a community where like that where like all kinds of weird music made sense. And I heard like just like being out and around, you know what I mean? And I'm just like yeah. not in that world anymore. So it doesn't have like that gravity in the same. You sense, have to, you, act, uh, you have to actually work hard at it to <laughs> and not have it just be a part of your life. I mean, I listen to a lot of Mariah Carey, like, and like, like cheesy Mariah Carey stuff. Like she's my go-to like all the time. Would I you consider her. we belong together to be her greatest work? No, I do really love it. Um, <laughs> Breakdown is my favorite Mariah Carey song, the Mariah Carey song with, with Bone Thugs and Harmony. But I also love Always wow. Be My Bait. I love I love many songs. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 a big Jay- Mariah stan personally. Jason famously would inject Mariah Carey into his DJ sets over the years, and the crowd would go absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. She's she's wonderful. Interviewing her was like one of the highlights of my. Was it? Yeah. What was, was that it, like? Was it IRL? Yeah, at Electric Lady Studios. Um, Why the fuck was she at Electric Lady Studios? She recorded some of her last album there, and her last album is very, very, very good. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's really good all the way through, actually. Um, It was wonderful. I was like, she came down, like, so I was sitting in the basement of Electric Lady. Like, I've done a lot of interviews there, so I know the place fairly well. And, like, I was sitting in the basement, and when I – there's, like, a long hallway – and all of a sudden, I heard the click clack of like many boots, and I was like, "Oh God, this is Mariah!" <laughs> it's happening. With like fifteen people and sunglasses on, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna suck! Mm. Like this is gonna fucking suck!" And I'm not gonna get the story because she's gonna—it's just gonna be some fake Hollywood bullshit. And then I'm—I'm I'm not even gonna be able to run the interview because I was trying to get like a real interview with her about songwriting and about all that kind of stuff. And then she pulled off with me in a bottle of wine and we ate pizza and like it was we talked for like two and a half hours and it was like it was wonderful she was so like she was so so different than what i expected that's amazing i i I didn't think people like that ever let the guard down to be honest i i i like the thing is is like i don't think she gets to talk about her songwriting that much and i think she's so used to interviewers being like have you lost weight like mm-hmm. who are you dating? Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. And like, I, like I was doing it for Pitchfork, so I especially wasn't asking those questions. And like, it was just—I think she was like happy to. She's 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 written 
18 out of 19 of her number one singles. And what? uh, Yeah. She does all her own vocal production and she's like kind of produced a lot of her songs in some ways too. Like she, so Mm -hmm. she's, she's, she's really a, I think she's very creative person who hasn't had a ton of opportunities to talk about that. That's interesting. I actually did not know most of that. That's cool. Think about right, like it's it's nearly impossible to have. It's the most number one singles I think in history, and she wrote eighteen of them. Like you must know something about something. Yeah, if you yeah. Know no, what no, I mean? That's fucking wild. I had it's no wild. Idea. And yeah, and the it's only wild. thing people want to ask her about is what's what's up with Nick Cannon. Yeah, like I was reading these, like so for research, I was looking at old interviews, and it's like crazy what the environment was like in the nineties. It was just basically like her weight was talked about a ton, mm-hmm. like just really terrible shit. And I mean, like, I get it. That's what celebrity is. Like, I'm not super purist about that stuff. Like, that's part of what being a celebrity is. And like, the reward is hundreds of millions of dollars. And so it's like, that's part mm-hmm. of like what goes on. But it was weird to read those features and be like, this person was not evaluated at all as an artist or, or even thought of as an artist. Like, and she was writing the she was writing the songs that like basically sustained the industry for like that entire decade because she sold so many records. Mm-hmm. And like it's she's yeah, she's an impressive, impressive figure, I would say. Damn. I And, I, and I, working I, with my dog, The Dream. She yeah, that song is amazing. It's an underrated Mariah song. Mm-hmm. The one she has with the dream. Is that on the record, the new one? No, it's on like I think it was on his record, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, I see, but I see. they've but I think he has co-produced or he's written a lot of stuff with her over the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, and he's I think, amazing. I think a lot of his financial success is based off of Mariah specifically. Right. J- Jason is a is a big dream head. Are you? Oh, he's got honey in his voice. What do you want me to tell you? He's very special. I like him too, but I don't listen. I like would never listen to it. I don't Chris really isn't a sexy it. enough guy to really be able to appreciate that kind of music. I love I that think, song "Bed." I love that song "Bed." You know, put you to bed. Yes, I love that's that actually true. I don't think I am sexy. Where do you stand on that. Team Breezy, my friend? <laughs> uh, and be honest, uh, are you able to separate the art from the artist? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I. I mean, I really, I don't know. Yeah, we're getting close. Put, we're getting let close. Let me just say this way. I remember when he put out that song, Loyal, and I, like, I, I was, that song, I was just, like, you heard it everywhere, and I was into it on just, like, a visceral level, because you'd, like, hear it everywhere, and, and I couldn't help but, like, tap we, my foot. Are we talking about these hoes ain't loyal? Yeah, and I was like, what? But then I, but then I, but then I thought it through, and I was like, what does Chris Brown? What does Chris Brown know about loyalty? Like, what is Chris Brown? <laughs> Why do you have to take it there, Alex? God, you're such a thinker. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it was quite like he is, he is. I don't know. Look, Chris, I don't Chris Brown was a, was clearly a victim of homie hopping, and he <laughs> is suffering from these hoes not being loyal. <laughs> He's oh. quite a. He's quite a figure. But he's kind of, I feel like he's just slinked away into the darkness. I feel like he's not around. Yeah, he hasn't been. I mean, he was like low key, like one of the most popular entertainers in. Huge, yeah. Yeah, for like a really long time without really mainstream press giving him any love in a lot of ways or like legacy media giving him any love. Mm. But I think, yeah, he finally kind of has. I mean, I think he's got a lot of issues. You know what I mean? I think like he. Yeah, methamphetamines is one of them. 
I guess he's just, I think he's switched fully into being a graffiti artist, which is a good look for him, I think. You his know? main Lin- issue is is being too good of a dancer to where it affects his he, life. He is, <laughs> he is an incredible dancer. Like, I've never seen anything like the way that he Thank dances. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of, you know, Kanye West was running for president and not running for president. Um, yeah. Do you think there are any rappers that would actually make a good president or a decent one? Huh. If you had to oh, pick well, I- one rapper? I had the weird feeling to, who would make a decent one. Mm-hmm. Waka Flocka for me, but go ahead. I say is anarchy, would, but yeah, Cardi go B ahead. would be better. Cardi B would be better than Trump, and probably better than Biden. I think mm. Cardi B. I could yeah. see. I could see that. I could see that. I could yeah. see it. No, I think. I think America could get. Could get you know her. It. Her delivery and her. Uh, you know her speaking voice might not. Uh, connect with the majority of Americans, but I but, think that her core values and honesty and beliefs would win them over. Yeah, I think she, you know, the New York accent now too has like such, like think about all these figures, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, who like represent authenticity to their respective bases. Mm-hmm. It, that accent and that way of speak, that very New York way of speaking, that straightforward, mm-hmm. like it conveys incredible authenticity. And like that's how sh- you feel with her when she speaks. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, this person is like telling me what they actually think about the situation versus most politicians who you can literally see the five second gap between mm-hmm. like what they actually believe and what they realize they should say. And I like, I, you know, I don't think she's ever going to run for office. That doesn't seem like something that she would want to do, but I think she could, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I, I really think Cardi's a good rapper, pick. I like that. I'm not a chance the rapper fan by any means, but I realize like he's the mm. kind of guy that like seems like he's positioning himself for something like that. Uh, like, I will. That, that is, that's when I'll finally move to Canada. If yeah, chance the rapper like, becomes president, I am yeah. the Trump. We can uh, he's handle. The, he's the enemy. My friend Michael said we would call him Chance the President. Like, that would be his fucking name. And I was like, oh, no. no chance. Chance the President is so involved, funny. He's invo- like, his family is involved in Chicago. Yeah, his dad, his dad worked with Obama, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Mm. So, like, I could see that kind of. Happening. What about Travis? What about Travis Scott? You know, I think I mean, he could I, really. Fuck <laughs> no. I don't. He, he can't even talk. Pretty- yeah, he doesn't seem particularly engaged with politics, although he came out to support Beto O'Rourke, which is I thought was like really Did he really? Yeah, he did like a he did like he did like a weird like meet and greet for Beto O'Rourke when he was running for Senate. Damn, that is I insane. completely I would have never remembered that person's name if we didn't have this yeah. convo. Like that was, a big, forget, it was a big person and now don't fully forget removed. That- Minor threat fan Beto O'Rourke was fucking on the cover of Vanity Fair and had a full documentary about him on HBO. That was so. That cover made me so upset. That was. I mean, <laughs> Vanity Fair. I mean, it's an unpopular opinion, but it is not readable at this point for me. I, I, tr- I, I try. That it. I haven't. I don't like. I haven't looked at the print edition in a really. I was a lifelong subscriber. Like I subscribed to Vanity Fair in high school because that's how stupid I am. Um, <laughs> that's my fantasy that I was living in. But wow. I mean. Putting Beto on the cover was not. I mean, they, they've, you know, they, they've. It's such an embarrassing move, but it was a funny situation where, like, a magazine cover, I think, influenced an election because I do think it was, like, a mm. really big mess for him in a lot of ways. Like, I think it fed into, like, a lot of things that people didn't like about him. I mean, it's like in style putting Dr. Fauci on the cover, you know? Oh, God, that cover. It's so bad. Like, the whole also- thing is so bad. Like, we we're in the middle of this shit? shit, guys. Like, this ain't the yeah. time. To, this guy hasn't done shit. Like, what do we celebrate? America's, America's doing really badly. And, like, I know that it's not necessarily just his fault, but can we not, like, 
we're, we're like people are dying. Like it's worse here than it is anywhere in the world. And like we're putting the guy that's in charge of it on the cover of Insta. Like it's a weird. Like we're we're weird people. Like the Cuomo <laughs> thing. Was, the Cuomo <laughs> thing was so weird too. I was like, do you guys literally realize he's the governor of the state that has it? Like you're di- like you're dying because he kind of didn't do a great job at this. And like. At the same time, you're. It's, it was just yeah. Like it's a like weird... Sports Illustrated putting the worst ranked team on the cover of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Really weird, but it's like it goes to like our just. I guess our basic need to believe that democratic politicians like have our back when they really don't. And I think like we want them to be idols that like care about us and that are good people, and they're usually not. And it's like we got to let go of that because I think really we ridiculous. want them to look like presidential basically you know what i mean i think that's part of it too is that like put it i I, like those guys i mean the fauci cover is abysmal that's a whole different issue but like the beto roar cover like that looked presidential you know what i mean like it looks like they made him look like a leader in a 90s 2000s rolling stone totally 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 yeah but yeah which is perfect for chris i know what you mean though i know what you You mean You mean the best time of this country the greatest time to come alive yeah when you said you got vanity fair like i had the rolling stone subscription when i was in high school and i just remember all those david LaChapelle covers and i was thinking about like Mm. how much they formed my idea of what an image is oh rolling stone i mean spin because it was like a little cooler yeah Um, yeah the early la chapelle britney spears in rolling stone where she's on the little kid's bike and like I just remember, like it just I, like the mail would come, and it just w- it was so bright, and it didn't look like anything else, and it was like getting something so exciting. It came every week, wasn't it weekly? Yeah, too? it was weekly. And then you would read the charts on the on the last page. Oh, I would I, show you what, I what records the were charts. Going. That was my uh, favorite thing. I, I mean, oh, chart hive. Rolling spin, stones. spin had the charts too. I think. I think they all had charts in the back. They all the did. Yeah, they all did. Damn, bro. Mm. Yeah. Um. <sighs> There, there's been a, there's been a Twitter question popping up a lot about like what is the biggest musical act that you saw in the smallest venue? Have you guys, have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, you guys got something chambered. Uh, I saw the XX at pianos. I'm mm. trying to think. Oh my god, I'm so bad at with, at these pop quiz questions. You're killing me. Um, <laughs> Don't what did worry. I, see? I saw. Um, XX of the piano is not that good, Chris. I mean, they sell out Madison Square Garden now. Do mm-hmm. they? I feel like they do, yeah. Where did they go? I think they just chill. Yeah. Must be That's nice. the first one that came to mind. I might have better, but I feel like pianos is also like 100 people. Were you there when I DJed with them at Three of Clubs? Bitch, that, I paid you for yeah, that. You, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so then I was saying maybe that that should be... <laughs> J- Jamie XX DJ CDJ set at Three of Clubs, the worst place in Hollywood. <laughs> that was a fucking paid for party. by Hornitos Tequila. Hornitos, baby. Chris, Chris Black. That's such like a Chris Black tweet. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, all you uh, have to do is tweet that sentence, and everybody would understand exactly what you were like trying to say. It's a different time. I I haven't, but Jason, I feel like you've seen crazy because Jason used to promote a party in Hollywood, and it was you've seen. I feel like everybody played that thing. I mean, I, I think the 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 biggest one for me personally was probably Daft Punk in you know a four hundred person cap room. Um, How did that happen? Oh, because they were at that they performed at that party. Um, yeah, the they just they one of Tomas, one of them went on and DJed without Sans Mask and and played some music when all those Ed Banger guys were playing together That's at the great. same time. But, Do you remember but how also big- like Lady Gaga played there and all these other people. 
That's crazy. It's crazy to think about how big Daft Punk was for like three years. They could still probably still. like sell Yeah, but I'm saying, but I know that, but, but yeah. I'm saying like there was like a fervor about Daft Punk and it was, I think it was twice as big as LA than it was in New York. Yeah, because of the, the, because of the Coachella, the Coachella performance made everyone lose their shit about it. That's why. It's like people had never was? done drugs before. Like, come on, losers. Like, was, it, not- was it the preview to EDM? Is that what they kind of were in a way? Um, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, because they were they were making you know dance sample based dance music. You know, in the early nineties, like everyone like everyone else was. Yeah, before they were wearing masks and everything. And then once they once they, they once they became so huge, they had enough money to you know spend a few million dollars on production. And then really mm-hmm. take it to the next level where it's mm-hmm. not just like two guys DJing on, you know, in the corner of a of a booth in the club, but it's like a you know a football. Have you seen stadium. what they look like under the helmets? Yeah, they're just like weird looking French guys. One of them mm-hmm. is pretty good looking. The other one, a little trolly, little gnome. Do you know how, how cool must it be to wear a helmet for a living, but then be hot? That is cool as fuck. They pre- that was the, like that was ahead of the time too to wear those helmets. I feel like that's kind of like a very now thing to like hide your identity kind of vibe. Especially I, in the EDM market, full of all these goddamn studio oh yeah, uglies. marshmallow, marshmallow. Oh my god, marshmallow, dead mouse, then like yeah. ten ten other people. Oh god. I mean, I think those guys and Jason. I don't mean to talk down the EDM community. You remember, choose your words wisely. <laughs> But I feel like they just need, I mean, the reality is they're standing up there with CDJs, you know, so you need as much yeah. going on as possible to keep yeah. people engaged, you know, and it's, that's why they spend so much on production or wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. I mean, it's really boring to watch people just play with CDJs, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's music that was never meant to be watched. It's music that you're right. supposed to get high as fuck or drunk and just dance around and find somebody to have sex with and then go home with them that's the whole point right. of, of going to the club not just standing right. there being damn like, jason awesome. i love i love when you fucking explain things to me like that yeah hell yeah baby <laughs> i always i always wondered what people went to the club for and then and then you just well, summed uh, it up it sounds obvious to you but a lot of people have forgotten that you know thanks. well the club is i mean we're never going to the club again so you know, Alex, are you an LCD sound system apologist? <laughs> I don't really know. I, I, it's not for me. I mean, I, 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 yeah, Good I get man. why people like it, but I just don't. Like, I don't. I'm no actually reason. surprised only because I know you were there for the heyday of that. And I feel yeah, like. like, I don't know why I just never really, like, I just never connected to it. But his wine bar is, like, right by my house, and I went one time. <laughs> I've heard it's good, but not cheap. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so I, I, I've, like, I've eaten there. So it's it a restaurant in Brooklyn. Yeah, yes, basically. I think I think I, LCD is like the you know an introduction to dance music for people mm-hmm. who are like into John Mayer and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I can. I can I, this is I this is dance music that I can listen to because it's like. I, guess I think white. a lot about the changeover in our generation from guitars to electronic music, like. It's really crazy to think like people that were kind of in the hipster world or whatever you want to call it. Like for I mean, guitars were sort of like what kind of dominated like that world for a really long time. And now they're like basically non-existent in that world. I mean, they're kind of coming back a little bit. I don't want to talk about it. Um, You know, it really hurts me to my core. 
Um, <laughs> but like, if you think about like what, it, like what are the indie venues in New York? Like, they're places that play electronic music. And that's oh no, people, for sure. I mean, you know? I think that we have to realize that the you know Meet Me in the Bathroom era is is not coming back. Yeah, yeah, you got you got marquee kinfolk clothes, so that's it, baby. <laughs> kinfolk, I, know. I spent a lot of time at kinfolk. I yeah. I didn't, but I a lot of people seem to be upset. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Wow, I forgot you're such a Brooklyn scenester. <laughs> I'm a Brooklyn. Scenester. You're at James. You're at James Murphy's wine bar. You're at fucking kinfolk. <laughs> where, where? Chris, we got to oh get laid God. somehow. All right. Oh, that's wow, true. That's like the lamest Tinder profile. <laughs> Oh uh, if chris black if chris black calls you a brooklyn scene sir like you're i don't know if you're in trouble or like i don't know what no i I, only, death. I do it out of love even though i'm staunchly anti-brooklyn i feel like chris is you know, chris is simply a brooklyn scene that happens to live in the lower east side you're like all. ian he hates brooklyn too but you know chris you've kind of like you're a little bit of a guru to me because like I try to like eat like I'm trying to eat like all through pandemic. I try to eat super good and been exercising all the time. And I always think about like your dedication to like diet. I love I love to hear that. It will it'll change your life. I'm telling you, it really will. And, and I think you probably were the person who like made me aware of Joe Holder probably. And like I do all of his, like I do like his videos now and stuff like that. And I really do like you. You come to my mind when I'm like when I do, when I'm like oh I don't want to exercise today. I'm like Chris Black would fucking exercise. Damn. Hell yeah! This is the greatest uh, thing you've ever told me. Stop Jason, talking. Shut the fuck stop up. Stop talking, <laughs> Chris. You that cannot. Is... You cannot fling compliments of this level at Chris Black. <laughs> it will ruin my fucking week. No, guys. I just no. Look, I am. I am no expert. I am no master. But I do think that if you just stay after it, it will eventually pay off. That's all. Spoken like a true yeah. guru. That's all and, it is. And dis- you, you have discipline. I'm. Well, what I've been told before, the only edge I have is my willingness to suffer, is what I've been told. So when some, mm-hmm. like maybe Jason, would quit, mm-hmm. I would continue on, but it may not be pretty, but I would continue on because is, I'm willing to take the abuse. Is that like a like a psychological, sadomasochistic kind of thing? <laughs> Precisely. Um, I would say probably. I mean, I'm not asking. I'm not asking anyone to step on my nuts with a Louboutin, but I'm, you know, like did, that's an interesting, Catholic? interesting thing to bring up, Chris. But yeah, <laughs> I know. We'll, I'll, no, I'll no, no. I, I grew. I, I grew up uh, Baptist uh, in the South. Baptist. We don't. We don't have Catholics really. Uh, I don't know. Is there Baptist guilt? I know there's Catholic guilt. No, Baptists are pretty. It's kind of just regular, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like regular ass, like really like christianity like baseline go to go to church on the on easter christmas that's about it i mean you go to church we went to church twice a week but like yes well chris what's the what's the like i feel like you i'm not saying that you would ever join something like hillsong i don't think you ever would (laughs) but 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 i do think like there is crossover between the like eat healthy exercise 100 percent sober thing and hillsong and i'm really curious like first of all were you ever were you ever tempted or like interested and second of all where what do you think like i do you have any personal experience with hillsong and what do you think of like that that phenomenon Uh, no no i basically i went to church like i said twice a week growing up always and then when i hit about 12 and like discovered you know punk and skateboarding and the important stuff i was like jacking off 
jacking off, of course, <laughs> the, the third, the third in the trifecta. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, this shit is stupid. I'm good. I mean, my parents still made me go, but I didn't care. And then it right. got deeper into like hardcore and punk. Right. You, re- you realize like, oh, I'm an atheist or whatever. I don't believe in this, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. You, you give it like a word almost. Um, Hillsong, I am blown away by because religion is just deeply uncool. Like being Christian is the least cool thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. So for them to like get a cool typeface and some celebrities to do this and like make merch is, is honestly, it's mind blowing. I, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around it. What a branding exercise. It's really crazy. I mean, Jason and I need to go. Like we, we said we were going to go. Um, I, I think in some ways I, I don't, I mean, I think celebrities and honestly, you probably know this better than we do, Alex. They're mm-hmm. searching for acceptance and something, you know, desperately. Um, I think, I think most, I think that's true of most people. I mean, I, like I, I'm interested in it as just like, a, a, like an indication that even for people who like live in like, again, to use the word hipster, like people who are hipsters or whatever, like have the same like moral black hole at the center of their lives where they don't have a ton of meaning in their lives. And like mm. they've, they've glommed onto this thing that gives them a sense of meaning. And like, I'm not knocking them for that. Like everybody, I understand the search for like meaning and like whatever it is for you, like God bless, like literally, you know, but it is like, it's interesting to me in that way. Like, I think like of, there's so many religions now. And I do think like what I think the reason why I, I see the overlap Hillsong with like diet and exercise is like I've been doing these Nike exercise classes and it's not Joe Holder so much who does this. Like he's actually very down to earth. But many of them like they, you know, and this is the kind of old news because Soul Cycle was all about this too. But they talk like preachers. They're yeah. preaching. Oh, to for you. sure. And, for sure. And, 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 and like they're building these like what they call communities. And it's just like funny that there's just like, you can't take away that human impulse. Like it's just everywhere and it shows up in so many different ways. And it's just really interesting that Hillsong has become like this. Damn, I've, from- honestly, I've never thought of it that way. That's really a great take. You know, I think I'm- like, yeah, I think people are like really lacking. So I think most people are like really lacking, like something not to be, I'm not trying to make this a dark podcast. This is supposed to be funny, but no, I just no, no. mean like, I just, yeah, like I, it's interesting to me because it's, it's, it just, it, it makes me realize it's like literally everyone. It doesn't matter like what your socioeconomic thing or like if you live in Calabasas or not, like you, you still have a lack of meaning in your life that you're searching for something to kind of. I, 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 well, I think the reason it strikes celebrities, you know, I mean, obviously it's also because we see that, right? So <laughs> we're, we're aware of it, but I do think it's like, um, I, I think that being famous, especially, I mean, the Hillsong, crowd is very famous it's the kardashians it's justin bieber it's Haley bieber it's like that level of person um and they've done a uh, lot of sinning yeah well they've also done a lot of sinning but i think it's i think it's just kind of like you know you don't you're it's very it's a lonely lonely existence and i it's think so that, lonely. i think that if you are able to fool yourself into believing in a like higher power that makes daily life much easier and I- that's that's all it takes you know what i mean 100 percent. like i totally agree with you like i think like yeah i think it's kind of a miserable existence like i'm not trying to romanticize them because they have wonderful lives but i think it is miserable and i wonder if there's ever going to be a tipping point where like being famous starts to not be i mean it seems impossible that this would ever be it would require like a huge cultural shift like a massive thing to happen that's not like the desire of people yeah like i 
it does not seem particularly appealing to me. And I'm not saying that in a way that's like, like the money seems great. It seems great to be able to go to private jets to always get the thing you want to get to be able, you know, but Mm -hmm. in terms of like, I would not, I, I can barely go to the bodega and not worry what people like think of what I'm wearing or whatever. Like, the idea that they have to live like that, like seems it, they don't seem happy. They seem to spiral out of control very often. And I just wonder if like, could it ever be that people are like, wait a minute, that is not, that is like not worth it. I mean, look, as a person who thinks it's totally worth it, I don't know. I, I cannot relate, but <laughs> I think, I think it depends on what, what that thing is that makes you famous what are you famous for are you famous yeah. for just being an influencer or being hot or whatever it is or are you famous because you have a gift that is so amazing you had to share with yeah. the world that's true that's very I'm, true I, and I think that's you can see how different people handle that based on what mm-hmm. they're you know what I mean like Adele one of the greatest voices we've ever heard is not really you know she probably lives a relatively normal life you know what I mean mm-hmm. because because she's chosen that and I think a fan of someone like that kind of respects the talent. Whereas like, um, uh, you know, a, a model or like an actress or not even an actress I'm saying, but like an Instagram person or a TikTok person, like people don't give a fuck. They think they don't even think you're real, you know, right. they'll like, yeah, go like up you're, and do you're they're... here for my entertainment. So <clears throat> start, start rapping rapper. Yeah. Which I mean, is dark, but like, that's the reality. I think it is tiered, even if people don't fully realize it. I mean, one of the th- I, I asked this to Mariah Carey because, like, she I was interested in it in the in the sense that, like, she's the only person that I can Im- like that's been through that in this way that she has. Because everyone who came up right before her in the '80s who was as famous as a pop star, like, there will never be pop stars as famous as Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, very true, and George, like, they, Madonna, like, no one will ever mm-hmm. be that famous again. And maybe Barack Obama is the only person since who has been that famous, but they all. Like, except for Madonna, they all ended up with terrible endings. Prince, George Michael, Whitney yeah. Houston, mm-hmm. um, Michael Jackson. Like, and, and I, I, you know, I was trying to figure out what is so hard. And, like, she wasn't really able to communicate to me, like, what it, what it precisely is that kills them mm-hmm. or kills people like them. And she just kept saying, using the word stress. Like she, like, she said stress is a killer. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't really know what stress means. And she wasn't able to communicate it. But it is like it, like you can't – like that's all anecdotal evidence that the most famous pop stars ever are all o- OD'd. But it seems like it's got to have a connection. Like it has Well, to- I mean the reason you're doing – drugs at that level is to escape reality obviously yeah and and the reality is the fame and i also think the reality is the pressure mm-hmm. uh like you said to support this entire industry like we were talking about at the beginning with britney spears um and i think all of that stuff combined and also i mean with drugs a big part of it is access right like mm-hmm. and if you're if you're you don't have to leave the house you know somebody gets it for you so mm-hmm. it's 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 very easy to escape and then you're also paranoid so you stay inside and right. that's just that's when things get dark and bad, you know. Yeah, you live in these airport hangars and like just like air conditioned airport hangars doing drugs and like not leaving ever. It's it's an interest. I mean, you know, you've also I think it's like look, those all those people that we talked about, you know, or that you just listed. I mean, have given us so much. It's you know crazy. What I mean? It's insane it's- that they and they died. You know, they died like young, but not young. You know, it's not River Phoenix. They died at 40, 50. Right. You know what I mean? It's like 60. It's, 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 
it's, I think maybe when you've given that much that like at, at a certain point, maybe you just can't do it anymore. You're like your a body. You're, yeah. Like your body can't do it anymore. Like think about what Prince's output was like, that's fucking mm-hmm. insane. Like that'll, mm-hmm. that will never happen again. You know, never. and it's, it's like, yeah, the fentanyl patch killed his ass for sure. But like, there's more to it than that. Yeah. yeah. Or also when, you know, when you have such like a, a prolific output of, of art that you've shared with the world at a certain point, you just, you're, you're done and you're, you're ready to tap out. And why do you want to live? You know, you, you don't want to get old and ugly because, yeah. you know, that's, that's the, the antithesis of what your whole life has been. And you're like, what's the best way to go out? I'd rather go out floating on a cloud of, of fentanyl than, you know, putter out and die. Because I think that the accidental, I mean, you know, accidental overdoses, obviously it's real, but you also kind of know what you're doing to an extent. You, yeah, you know there's a I mean? lot of ways to kill yourself. You, you know? know, you know what you're doing, you know, like what you can handle. And a lot of overdoses happen because, you know, people you know, take some time off and they come back and think they can do the same amount and they die, you know, but like you kind of know that mm-hmm. as a drug user, you know what you, you have an, a loose idea of what you can handle, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. But luckily but yeah. I think, I think like today's younger generation of super, super famous artists and celebs like that, I feel, I, th- I think they're a lot more, um, you know, well armed to, to handle all of that pressure. Yeah, you know, it doesn't definitely. seem to get like, to them as much. As a music writer, like, I've always been bummed that Beyonce is a figure who, like, won't engage with the press in, like, an authentic way and won't give interviews that – because I think it's a bummer that we don't have a window into how she creates a lot of the things that she does because I'm a huge fan and I want to know. But at the same time, I think – like, I under – like, she came up at the same time as Britney. She she came up when Whitney Houston was, like, spiraling out of control and I think she's so smart and I think – she saw those two people and and more people, but those two people. And she said, Mm -hmm. I don't want to end up like that. Like whatever happened Mm -hmm. to them, I don't want that. And I think she has built a life for herself where she like, whatever her discipline and structure is, it has worked. I mean, she's still got a long life ahead of her. So who knows what her life will bring, but it's really impressive that she, I mean, She's the only person who comes even close to nipping at the heels of Michael Jackson, I think, in terms of like total popularity and like creative sort of peak and all that kind of stuff. And she hasn't really melted Mm -hmm. down and she has maintained with some blips, the elevator, all that kind of stuff, of course. But like she has maintained a relative, what seems like at least from the outside, a relatively like healthy existence. And she doesn't spill out of clubs and she never, she, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't, that just wasn't her thing. And, and she started so young. And so I really give her a lot of credit for that. And I understand, like it, I'm, I'm upset that we don't have those interviews, but I also, what do you, what do you think some, somebody like Beyonce does to unwind if she's not taking drugs? Because uh, well, you know that level of pressure, you have to let some of that steam out, or well, else I think it's that, that bubble is going to pop one day. Yeah, I mean, I think she's deeply religious. Like, grew up in the church, you know. And I and think, like, you know, she she exercises probably so much, and I think like that has probably just like what we were talking about. Her her fit. She's an athlete. Like, I think of her almost at like as an athletic pop star in a way. Yeah, because, yeah, like, yeah. She trains in that way, and I think that's probably been really sustaining for her too. Do you think she yeah. is a person who has fun, true, true fun, in her day to day life? It's a good question. Um, I've thought about this before, actually. Um, 
I don't know because it's like she's so normal seeming that I wonder if like that even is just a facade. It's it's really hard to tell. I mean, she she seems to have a relatively it's not a normal life. Obviously, she's like a billionaire, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I feel like like Oprah or somebody like that has seems to be having a more fun existence than than Beyonce, perhaps. Well, that's Oprah has, Oprah's killed it, and Oprah's in the twilight it. though too. Oprah's like Beyonce is like. In the heat of the storm, you know what I mean. Mm. Oprah's kind of like Oprah I can, can, do whatever. can open that second bottle of wine for lunch, exactly. and it's yeah. all good. Exactly. Oprah's and also she, not married to another famous person. It's a very different, you know. Mm. Stedman's a cuck, you know that. <laughs> but I think that. But I think it's. I think he. I think he's come for Stedman like that. <laughs> steady, steady. I love Stedman. I love Stedman. I, I Stedman, look, like, I, I would happily be Stedman. I'm not firing shots, but he's a cuck. Stedman was in the news on the reg. We don't, we don't talk about man, Stedman. All I hope the to time. find a man as steady and solid and <laughs> as Stedman. Do not call him wow. steady. Yeah, don't steady Stedman. Um, <laughs> wow. Alex, thank you. We covered a lot today. Oh, I'm glad. Was it good? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, no. I, 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 um, you know, I think I, I've said this before maybe, but I think one of the things that I love the most about my life is that I get to talk to people that really – like think about and write about music for a living in a way that I, as a fan, can't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, I find it to be like the greatest joy to really talk uh-huh. about this with people who are either making it or writing about it or doing it like in a real way, because as an outsider, it, it makes me feel like an insider and there's no better feeling than feeling like an insider. That warms my heart because I feel like an outsider most of the time. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, my pleasure. Uh, tell people where they can, uh, where they can find you. On the internet. Uh, oh, well, I have a website that's alexgfrank.com. Um, I have a Twitter that's alexgfrank, and I have an Instagram that's alexgfrank. But I don't really post that much, but I'm trying to be disciplined and post more because I think I'm supposed to or something. <laughs> yes, that yes, excellent. I love the growth. That's and, the and consensus website, of everyone. My website is pretty. I designed it myself. Okay. The website has also has all your stories. So people, the, the stuff that we talked about today, you can all you can go there and kind of reference that stuff too. It's all there. Um, which is helpful but thank you Alex and thank uh, you guys we'll see you soon okay bye alright bye bye